Hey everyone, this is actually episode 37 of Arrow Chapter and Verse, and uh, I mean, I have watched 37 episodes of the Arrowverse, which is basically, a, you know, it's like a over a season and a half of uh, television, and I'm bringing this commentary to you, and to, uh, right now it's The Flash, season 3, episode 7, Killer Frost, where Caitlin finally goes off the deep end. Now... <sighs> Surprise, surprise, at some point, Barry talks her down and everything's okay again. Except, I guess, unless if she uses her powers? I, I don't, I don't know. Um, it would be great if they could provide a link between her power use and her mental state. But let's rewind to the beginning of the episode where we left off. Uh, Barry's being managed by Savitar, and I'm sorry, I said he had glowing red eyes. He's got glowing blue eyes, and he, he looks like a big, like, silver robot. Um, if anybody has ever read the uh, Dan Simmons Hyperion books, he looks like the Shrike, essentially. Big, metal, pointy, uh, but also glowing blue. And he's he's very fast. Um, he takes Barry on a run. Uh, and what we see from the Star City folks, or Star City, from the Star Labs folks' point of view, is that uh, Barry appears in the city in several places at the same time. That's how fast Avatar is. So that's... I mean, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess they're going to, in season four, the speedster that menaces Barry et al. will be omnipresent? I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't know. There's, well, all right, we've already, we've already talked about uh, how repetitive I think the speedster thing is getting. Um, alchemy uh, gets away. Uh, there is a, one thing we find out that... Uh, Nobody can see Savitar except Barry, and we're not sure why. It might be that perhaps he's doing this weird thing where he's vibrating uh, at such a frequency that only speedsters can see him. We're, we're not sure, but nobody but Barry can see Savitar. Uh, HR suggests when they see that Barry is, you know, essentially being held by the neck at a height of about 10 feet, that uh, Barry can't beat Savitar on his own, but perhaps with the assistance of Vibe and Caitlin, uh, he can do it. Cisco figures out that he can essentially create a portal in the same dimension. Uh, they go out. Caitlin does her Killer Frost thing, surrounds Savitar in ice. Uh, even though she can't see him, she basically just looks at, you know, where someone would be if they were holding her friend up by his neck and uh, steals a bunch of heat from that area. Um, by the way, that is how uh, cold people's powers work. They don't fire cold they steal heat, uh, if, you know, physics is to be at all obeyed, which, I mean, really, we threw the rules of physics out, uh, season one, so I don't know why I'm, I'm harping on this now, but that, that's the way it works, they steal heat. Okay, so, uh, Savitar runs away, apparently, um, icy conditions, bad for him, doesn't have, uh, snow treads on his metal boots, uh, I, I guess, you know, Metal on ice, if it's not sharp, it's pretty It's pretty slick. You're not going to get a good grip with that, so I can see why he, he might not want to be around icy ground, but there you go. So uh, they do manage to catch one of Alchemy's cultists um, after an inconclusive scene uh, with, with Wally in a coma. Uh, well, not in a coma. Well, he's in a coma in the cocoon, right? So after an inconclusive scene where nobody's really sure what to do, Joe goes off to interrogate um, the cultist. 
He's not getting much from the cultists because the cultist because you know he's a cultist and that's how you behave on this type of show if you're a cultist and you're getting interrogated, right? The right person has to say the right thing to you, otherwise it, it doesn't work. So uh Caitlin comes in. She tells Joe that Wally is okay, that he's out of the cocoon. Joe leaves. And then she freezes a camera because here's the thing. Caitlin wants her powers taken away. And she figures if alchemy can grant powers, he can take them away. Uh, the cultist doesn't really give her anything, but she beats up on him. People hear, uh, hear him. They come running to see what's going on. She fills the room with uh, freezing mist, walks outside, ices the door lock because that's going to, I don't know. I mean, I guess you ice it to a point where it sticks and not to the point where the metal's so cold that it breaks. Runs into Julian and kidnaps him and takes him to a frozen food warehouse. Uh, this is actually a warehouse that is in use. It is not a disused warehouse, which is a bit of a change for anybody acting somewhat villainous on the Arrowverse shows. And she convinces him to create an algorithm that will track people who searched certain words in the last six months. And uh, she chooses the word Savitar, right? Uh, Savitar, by the way, is the, the Hindu god of motion, uh, which we're, we get from HR because uh, he's a crossword expert on two worlds. So he does the search. Apparently only two people uh, in, I assume, Central City have searched the word Savitar in the last uh, six months. So, And he has their addresses. And I just want you to know that as a trained CSI, uh, Julian is capable of doing this level of uh, computer programming um, and a bit of hacking as well, because he was going to have to get there. Well, maybe not hacking. You could look up some of these address on Google, uh, but he, he had to make the algorithm do that as well, I assume. And just as she's getting this information, he sends a text to Greg Grunberg, who's now on The Flash for some reason. He's uh, I think, like, Lieutenant Patterson or something like that. Uh, Singh is still in the picture. We hear him get name-checked at the end of the episode. He's nowhere to be seen. But we... I, I don't know why... And the other thing is that the um, the show's sort of Cousin Oliver's Greg Grunberg in that there's no surprise, there's no introduction, he's just there, and people are like, oh, it's it's Lieutenant Patterson. He's been there the whole time, and we know who he is and what he's about. Uh, and it's not even a Flashpoint thing, because I think... Barry recognizes him as Lieutenant Patterson or what have you. So there you go. Uh, so a, a bunch of cops come to get Caitlin. Uh, she, um, uh, does she do the thing? No, I don't think she does. I, I don't think she, no, she does the thing. They have, they have the confrontation. Julian tells the cops where Caitlin is. The Flash, of course, gets there first, and they have a confrontation where the Flash is like, hey, Caitlin, you don't want to do this. You don't want to hurt anybody. Everything's going to be okay. He actually knocks Julian out um, because Julian's like, get her, Flash, get her. Only British. So get her, Flash, get her. No, that's terrible, and that's not what he sounds like anyway. Um, but they have a confrontation where Caitlin is basically like, let's revisit all of your failures. Oh, by the way, did you sell... Tell Cisco how badly you fucked up that Dante was alive before Flashpoint and now after Flashpoint he's not. And it's like, you did this to me, you made me have these powers, uh, etc., etc., blah, blah, blah. So the cops get there, they're going to shoot at her. Flash doesn't want that, of course, so he drags her away. She stabs him in the tricep with an ice dagger. 
Uh, a wound that's going to take him four hours to heal, but somehow gets, he gets out of there without any trouble from the cops, maybe because he's a Flash, and they're just like, it's okay, Flash, you go back to where you need to go. And I mean, I guess he can't run quick back to Star Labs, but he gets back to Star Labs without anybody figuring out what's going on. Uh, so then Cisco reveals that he hacked Julian's computer. They have the two addresses. They're going to have to go stake him out. Cisco, of course, is super pissed at Barry because he was super pissed at Barry at the beginning of the season when Barry wouldn't go back and save Dante. So now to find out that Barry might well have set in motion the events that killed Dante, this is... This is the thing about time travel and changing reality, and if you're Superboy in Infinite Crisis, punching the walls of reality, right, that changed a bunch of things in the DC Universe, including resurrecting Jason Todd. Um, this is a real tangent. Resurrecting Jason Todd, whom the the fans voted to kill in a telephone poll uh, in the 80s. That's telephone poll as in, you know, Polling for data, not telephone poll, is in something you would climb up on because you're a line man for the county. Okay, uh, back to the Flash. I want to talk about that some more, but we'll talk about it some more uh, later. They stake out Caitlin. It's HR and Joe. Uh, Joe is talking about how he's sick of everybody not listening to his gut uh, because he doesn't know, like, he doesn't have the education, he doesn't have the science but he keeps getting talked out of what he thinks he should do because nobody listens to his gut. HR says, I promise I'll listen to your gut next time. Uh, and then we cut to the house that Caitlin's in. Caitlin is menacing one of the cultists. One of the cultists is like, uh, you know, alchemy is only a servant of Savitar. Uh, alchemy won't do anything that Savitar doesn't want. We've seen you in the future and you are glorious and powerful, Caitlin Snow, or should I say, Killer Frost, which is a little much from a cultist. I mean... He just should have said Killer Frost, I think, rather than Caitlin Snow, or should I say Killer Frost. That's that's a cheesy line. It's a bad line. Shame on you, writers of The Flash. You shouldn't have done that. So she leaves, not feeling particularly hopeful, because the cultist hasn't told her, you know, where alchemy is, just that she is apparently destined to be Killer Frost. She runs into Cisco on the street. They have a fight. Barry shows up. She does the Killer Frost thing and kisses him and steals his heat, uh, which is how I was introduced to Killer Frost in a Firestorm comic. Uh, it was a team-up between Firestorm and Red Tornado. Killer Frost was holding a city hostage, basically, and wanted Burt Reynolds, uh, right? There was a picture of the DC analog of Smokey and the Bandit, uh, Smokey and the Bandit billboard. And uh, what happens is that Firestorm brings... Red tornado, red tornado to her in a, in a Burt Reynolds skin suit? I don't know. And she kisses him and is like, why didn't you freeze? And then he reveals that he's the Red Tornado and he and Firestorm uh, beat Killer Frost. Anyway, um, so she steals the Flash's heat. Uh, uh, Cisco whams her with a vibe, slams her up against a, a car windshield and uh, tells the Flash to vibrate so he'll get warmer, and then they head over to uh, Star Labs and a prisoner where she's just, like, sort of gone full evil and is being just evil to them for evil reasons of evil. And they go uh, go to the lab uh, and basically uh, Joe convinces Wells that they need to cut Wally out of the cocoon and 
Iris, everybody sort of splits off because of the, you know, they have to deal with the flashpoint nonsense. Iris goes to talk to Barry and she says something that I think is very uh, important. And she's basically like, hey, so the whole thing about blaming you entirely, like keeping all of flashpoint on your shoulders is the post hoc ergo propter hoc fallacy. I mean, she doesn't use those words, but it's like, there's, there's no reason to say that Caitlin wasn't affected by the original dark matter explosion, which she took part in. Those powers could have just been generating for years. Uh, you know, it took Cisco a while to find his, and he's still finding new things he can do, so, so who knows what. Uh, also, we don't know that Dante would have been alive if you hadn't done Flashpoint. And there's no way to know that, because Barry doesn't come back right at the point when he left. He comes back quite a bit later. So... Uh, that's, I thought that was a smart thing to say, but in the middle of their conversation, there's a power surge from somewhere in, well, wherever they're keeping Wally, and uh, Joe is basically trying to cut Wally out of the cocoon. He does, but Wally stands there like a vibrating fool, and then just takes off, and they can't find him, and they need a biochemist, which is the point, uh, or, and this is the point at which Barry goes downstairs and basically talks Caitlin out of being Killer Frost, and he does it by letting her out of her cell and saying she can go free if she kills him, and of course she can't kill him because she's either not that far gone yet, or maybe she's only been acting like this because somebody told her that Killer Frost was evil, and therefore she thinks Killer Frost equals evil, and if she has the powers, she has to be Killer Frost and therefore evil. Uh, again, well, all right, I, I keep beating this drum, but your powers have... Your powers have altered your mental state works sometimes, and usually with a particular power set, but just being like any powers have altered your mental state is cheap. It's a cheap trick, and I don't like it. But Caitlin recovers herself enough to talk a little about what's going on with Wally, uh, Joe goes to get him, breaks him out of whatever trance he's in. They bring Wally back. He's zooming around like nobody's business. Caitlin's running tests on him. Uh, everything's good. Nobody's seen Alchemy. Nobody's seen Savitar. They're worried about them, but they haven't showed up to spoil anybody's fun. Even when Barry said, I can't do this without you, and Iris said, you'll never have to, which, you know, is usually a cue for a speedster to show up and either kill or kidnap someone. Didn't happen, which was nice. Uh, I did hold my breath for a second. I thought it was going to, but it didn't. Uh, and then they find out that Julian is awake, because apparently when Barry knocked him out, Barry, you know, jogged him a little too hard. Uh, so Barry goes to the hospital and basically convinces Julian not to drop the dime on Caitlin. Julian then says, I want you to quit because your moral compass is broken. You don't deserve to be a CSI. Nobody who values friendship over justice has any business in law enforcement. Julian's a little high-handed. Uh, it's not his finest moment. It's, uh, well, Julian doesn't have any finest moments. I will say that. Uh, but it's it's also, it's a dumb speech. It's something that uh, lets Julius, <laughs> Julius, Julian feel self-righteous and cool and like he's finally telling off this guy who has done nothing but screw up from the day he got there. Although, again, by all reports... Barry is a really good CSI. So there's that. Um, we next, we see Barry packing up. Uh, he sort of tells Iris and Joe what happened. Well, he doesn't ex exactly tell them what happened, but Joe figures it out. And then Iris gets really infuriated on his behalf, but he's like, let it go, let it go. Uh, and he breaks into song and there's a big ice storm. No, that's not true. 
but um, they all leave. And then we see Julian, who starts to hear the voices in his head, like other people who have heard Alchemy's voices in their or voice in their head. And he runs out of the hospital like he, um, he, it looks like he undoes an IV, right? He pulls an IV out of his hand, I guess, because he had one and then he doesn't when he's running through the hospital. And nobody notices him. Nobody notices him run through the hospital and somehow get back to the CSI lab where he unlocks a drawer and what do we find? We find that Julian is Dr. Alchemy! Uh, and the problem is, of course, by the law of character conservation, he almost had to be, didn't he? It was either going to be that or he was going to be Savitar. That's that's the way it works. So I guess Greg Grunberg is going to be Savitar? I don't know. I, I doubt that that's going to happen. But that's the problem you have when you're on one of these shows and you're introducing a new character, especially when you know you're going to introduce a new major bad guy, or in this case, lieutenant to the major bad guy or assistant to the major bad guy every season is that you introduce a new character and it's like, well, it's probably going to be that guy. So, yep, Julian turned out to be Dr. Alchemy and uh, we'll see how that plays out in real time. I don't know why I said in real time. We're not going to see that. He shows this season's already happened. I'm commenting on something that's uh, old and that hopefully I'm not spoiling you on. But anyway, that is the end of this episode and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you're having a good day and I will see you again next time.